It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I used to think time was my enemy. My future wasn't looking good. So worried about the things I couldn't see I couldn't see the things I could I was aging fearfully Worrying my life away When all along I should have been Thankful for every day Finally made a friend of time Now you could say that I'm Aging gratefully mm-hmm. Aging gratefully Broadcasting from the rolling hills of the beautiful Tennessee Valley from the foothills of the Great Smoky Mountains across this amazing nation and spanning the universe you're listening to Aging Gratefully I'm your host, gerontologist Holly Kelly bringing you exceptional guests and novel information to ensure you age great, live full, and embrace each extraordinary day for the incredible gift it is. We broadcast on all your favorite players brought to you all over the world. Greetings, most amazing rebels. I hope you're doing fab you list and that life is treating you well. You deserve the most amazing facets life has to offer. As we get this hour started, let's launch our global GrinFest signature pose, smiles across the miles as we celebrate the gift of today. That feels awesome, right? Sometimes we can't control what the day will bring, but it's nice knowing we can decide how we will face each circumstance encountered. I know everyone listening desires their very best life. For one, you probably wouldn't be listening to this show if that wasn't the case, as we do aim to elevate your vibrations with every episode. But wanting your best life and aspiring to achieve it may not only be easier said than done, It also may not happen if we don't make the effort. And sometimes it does take effort, as there are things that crop up along life's path that do interfere with our goals towards positive experiences. 
they've been happening our entire life, in fact. And it's interesting how we can be 50, 60, 70, 80, or even older, and the things from our can still drive our behaviors and influence our experiences. Some of those things are awesome and help us along towards treasuring life, and some can hinder us and thwart our life journey. What if it was possible to stomp out those negative influences from our past and literally change what happened to you today? If you feel stuck on a long road of struggle, pain, and limiting patterns, what if you could give that little you the childhood you should have had, the one you deserved and still do? And even more, what if when you do become unstuckified by the grips of yesterday, you begin a new path towards empowered abundance and positive living and life experiences today and into many amazing tomorrows yet to be realized? Does it sound too good to be true? Like it's just some woo-woo promise that leads to nowheresville? What if you could go on a cognitive scavenger hunt and cherry pick everything from your past that has been life quicksand and challenge them one by one towards positive transformation? I've told you many times, Aging Rebels, my quote and life mantra, which will make this week's Aging Gratefully alphabet soup for the psyche. Your mind is the steering wheel that drives the car of life. Change your mind, change your life. I want you to think about that simple smile we begin the show with. It's more than a visual modification to turn your serious or even frowny face into a smile. When you do this, it's neuroscience working its magic on you, releasing endorphins and a feel-good neuro elixir to literally change the state of your being. Researchers have found that when you forcefully practice smiling, it stimulates the amygdala, the emotional center of the brain, prompting neurotransmitters towards a positive state of mind and perspective. So doesn't it make sense that we can use the gift of this amazing neuroscience to live better now? We've talked about neuroscience and neuroplasticity in the show many times, but let's look about what it actually is. Per Wikipedia, neuroplasticity, also known as neural plasticity or brain plasticity, is the ability of neural networks in the brain to change through growth and reorganization. It is when the brain is rewired to function in some way that differs from how it previously functioned. How lucky for us. I'd like to make this week's Aging Gratefully show dedication to neuroplasticity, our brain's incredible ability to modify, change, adapt, and respond to experiences through both structure and function. So when I tell you your mind is the steering wheel that drives the car of life, literally I mean you get to choose the route, what exits you'll navigate, the best rest areas and fun fab destinations, including the car you'll be driving. Goodbye, clunker. Hello, classy chassis. I'm not sure it can get any more empowering for us. I want 2023 to be the year of you, Aging Rebels. And on this show, we're committed to offer so many different tools and practices, insights, and much more to ensure it is. Everyone deserves to be excited about life, 
not the one that just simply exists, but alternatively, the one you're mindfully, deliberately creating and manifesting each and every day. That's how we differentiate between being alive and living. You have power within you, Aging Rebels, to redesign life, not just in your hands, but with your mind. And I'm excited today to bring you a special guest who's going to help show us how. Udil and Steve Rimmert are mindset coaches, specializing in emotions and the subconscious. After successfully transforming their lives by changing their own negative childhood memories, they created the Rimmert Method to empower others to create deep and permanent life change through memory transformation. Before marrying and becoming mindset coaches, Odile and Steve struggled throughout their lives with anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, and debilitating patterns. Independently, they both cycled through countless self-help solutions in an effort to help their emotional struggles without lasting success. In 2015, Odile learned about the effect of adverse childhood memories and how to change them. Through a combination of changing negative childhood memories and her techniques for controlling brain and body chemistry, she finally started to see significant results in all areas of her life. Odile and Steve, then a professional psychotherapist who was using similar techniques in his own life, met at a seminar in 2017. Steve holds a master's degree in psychotherapy from Governor State University, and Odile earned a certificate in the fundamentals of neuroscience through Harvard X. Their expertise and the Rimmert method has been featured on Speaker, Insight, Success Quest, Happiness Club, and more. The Rimmerts currently live in Peora, Illinois. To learn more about them, I invite you to visit them at www.therimmertmethod.com. That's R-E-M-M-E-R-T method.com. Today, we'll be learning more on this and talking about their new book, Change What Happened to You, How to Use Neuroscience to Get the Life You Want by Changing Your Negative Childhood Memories. I'm so excited to welcome Odile Rimmer to join us today. So happy you're with us, Odile. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Holly. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, we're excited to have you and dive into this conversation because your book, I love it, um, Change What Happened to You, How to Use Neuroscience to Get the Life You Want by Changing Your Negative Childhood Memories. So I really appreciate all that it entailed. Love the format. And it's kind of like arming readers with like a literary magic wand of sorts uh, to be able to cast a spell on their life and rewrite the narrative. So I, I just really appreciate that together you guys wrote this book. Thank you so much, Holly. It is such a pleasure. We we feel that, you know, this information needs to get out to more people because once they know it, then they are empowered to use it. And so not many people know about it. So thank you so yes. much. Yes, uh, well, we're all about empowering people uh, to better their lives. So at what point did, that, did you and your husband, Steve, say, OK, you know, this has worked for us. And I think that we should write a book and share it with the world. Well, we, uh, we we had started working with clients before we wrote the book because, um, you know, as our nature is, once we started seeing results for ourselves, we automatically just started sharing it with others. And Steve, as a psychotherapist, was doing regular psychotherapy at the time, and he couldn't not use these techniques. You know, he was like, this, this is so much faster. And so we had been um, using teaching this for for quite a while for uh, three years or so, 
And Steve had been saying for a while, you know, we need to get all of this into a book. We need to get this into a book to, to help reach more people. And I was kind of putting it off and feeling like, no, let's just keep helping more people. So eventually, um, in 2022, 2021, I believe, uh, we went away for a week for a long weekend and started laying out the structure for the book. And it took uh, about a year for us to, to finally get it out there. Yes, quite a project, but very well worth it. So it does keep the reader invested, not just because of its content, but you both got really creative in your approach in this book. And something something that I really appreciated was it's, it's sciencey content, but it's very much written in an understandable way. Uh, you have the stories, expanded recaps, notes from both you and Steve, and explanations. And more so, you are very transparent about your personal journey. Yes. Yes, I feel it's so important for because I've been, uh, you know, in situations where I, I felt like no one understood and there was nothing out there that worked. You know, work, things worked for everybody else, and not for me. Um, and I remember that as things started turning, you know, improving for me, I was just desperate to reach the people who were who, who are now where I was back then, because that's what I needed. So important how you're paying it forward. So at one point you were so low and I was like reading this and I was like so entranced by it because I was I was thinking about you in that space. You contemplated suicide um, and you talk about this uh, while sharing also what's happening neurologically uh, and what's going on with uh, that situation. The saying hindsight is twenty twenty comes to mind. Uh, because you were able to literally look back now and see that. And what is it like for you to look back on where you were at that point? Because I think about re how many listeners and readers of your book might find themselves there and you give them hope. Yes. Uh, well, uh, you know, and that, again, is one of my driving forces is to help people understand what's going on behind it because uh, behind the scenes rather in their brain because the brain is uh, designed to the brain is constantly c predicting the future based on how you feel right now it doesn't predict accurately so that's why people who are depressed uh, for example can't imagine feeling better if they do something so you know somebody may say oh come out with friends and you'll feel better but the brain is predicting no it's not going to make any difference or it's going to feel worse and so that combined with the fact that the prefrontal cortex goes offline so we don't have the ability to think clearly um, means that when we're in that situation, even with the knowledge, it can be very, very difficult to see outside of it. So that's why I'm so passionate about getting this out, uh, you know, to more people. Because when I think back at that time, I can still remember that hopelessness feeling and how um, how much sense it made at that time in that moment to take my life. And of course, now looking at everything that's happened since. You know, it's incredible to think that that's how it could have ended. Yes, you were depths of despair. And uh, literally, it was a low point. And we're so happy today um, that that turned around for sure, because you're able to help so many people through your experiences. And I think that's so important. Uh, so I minored in psychology. And one thing that always stayed with me regarding my studies 
is how impactful our formative years are into our overall life. And a lot of your work, the premise is actually this right here. Uh, can you speak to this topic for them to be aware of this dynamic? Yes, indeed. So um, from birth, the brain is um, registering our experiences and recording them, but not as a camera records. So the brain is uh, making note, you know, taking note of the experiences and then interpreting them to mean something about who we are and how the world works. And that's how we uh, that's how our self-image and worldview is become structured. And uh, and it's also why each individual's self-image and worldview is unique because our life experiences are, are unique then every new experience is filtered through the um, that self-image and worldview, uh, which is supported by previous experiences, childhood experiences. So that's how we build our, uh, or how our self-image and worldview is built. And then our perception is based on that, not on objective fact. And our beliefs about ourselves are based on the so-called evidence from those child, from those implicit childhood memories, not on actual fact, and that's why it can be so difficult to change them without changing that evidence that proves it. So, as you're talking, I'm thinking about this whole dynamic that you just went over, and I'm thinking, I literally visualized a strainer, and the strainer is like our childhood memories and experiences. And then everything else that happens in life literally has to run through the strainer and a lot of it gets caught. Right. Yes. Yes. That's very good. That's a very uh, and yeah. It gets caught in the strainer and the Rimmert method says we're tossing the strainer away. Right. We're getting rid of it. Right. Yes. And we're starting yeah. over. No strainer. That's it. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Very, and very interesting. So go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that and using uh, the uh, the analogy of the GPS. So it's literally the, the GPS, uh, the brain's GPS is implicit childhood memories. And so uh, the brain is constantly trying to keep us in alignment with the same experiences we experienced as children. Now, the, you know, the, the roles, the people may differ, the circumstances may differ. So it may, the details may be different, but the inner experience is maintained until we change that. Wow. Uh, so amazing. So what is changing a memory and how long does it take? Very good question. So um, first of all, according to neuroscience, memories are not only inaccurate in the first place and, and um, temporary, but they're also already changing. So every time we recall a memory, the brain adapts and updates it based on you know, new information, and then the brain files the new version of that memory. So since memories are already changing, we can actually change them intentionally to empower ourselves so that it's not just on automatic. And there was a brilliant thing that came up while I was writing the book. That's such a great example of this. So the scene you were talking about when I was in the car and um, in front of the brick wall and my phone rang. So my phone was on, I talk about my phone being on the passenger seat of the car and it rang. 
And uh, I sort of described that scene. And while I was writing, you know, that that piece, I had very clearly in my head the whole memory. And much later, when I was editing, you know, one of the many rounds of editing, I yes. was looking through it, and I thought, hold on a minute. I, in my in my head, my phone was on my right hand side on the passenger seat, and I thought it couldn't have been there. It had to have been on the left because I was in England, and the driver's seat is on the oh, other wow. side of the car. <laughs> but my brain had yes. updated just that bit, just that uh, aspect of the of the memory because I've been living in America for five years now. So my brain had automatically put the phone on the other side as part of that memory without me consciously being aware of it. So that is such an ex excellent example of how the brain is already automatically updating and it doesn't have to be based on fact. So amazing. This is reminding me of like how fishing tales go. So they go out fishing and they either catch a minnow or nothing, but the fishing tale is always that they had the greatest catch right. of the day. And that's what's happening uh, with our memories is that, you know, we're kind of changing it for the convenient version uh, or, you know, it's different and it's morphing. And I believe that, you know, we've talked about this on the show before, eyewitnesses are so unreliable. You have five people that see a car wreck and all five people saw something different. And yet this one thing occurred as it occurred. Absolutely. And, and you know, we've, I'm sure we've all experienced where you're talking with friends or siblings about an event that happened years ago and you all remember it differently. Everyone's got a different version of it. Yes. So what are the two main reasons that you have discovered that are why people fail to achieve their goals? Great. So so first of all, it's the childhood memory. So as they're going about their day, the brain. So with all our conscious efforts, I'm aiming for a particular goal and I want to take those actions to lead me to that goal. And as I'm doing that in every moment, my brain is referring to my childhood, my, those implicit childhood memories that de determine who I am and how the world works and then producing chemicals that create feelings. So if this new goal that I'm aiming for is not in alignment with those childhood memories, my brain is going to produce stress chemicals that create perhaps, um, you know, fear, um, anxiety. Um, my judgment will be affected. So I'll make different decisions that that will uh, lead lead me back to those same results that I've always um, always had before. And it, changing those memories means that the brain is then automatically affecting all of that. But guiding you to that new goal that is in alignment with your childhood memory. So that's the one thing is that that's the GPS. The GPS is still set for where you were before instead of the new destination. The second piece is uh, mostly people don't know how to um, affect, how to control their brain and body chemistry. So very briefly, um, thoughts are connections between neurons in the neocortex of the brain. So as we have a thought, that's connections between neurons and those connections automatically trigger matching chemicals. So negative thoughts trigger stress chemicals like adrenaline and cortisol and positive thoughts trigger feel good chemicals like endorphins, serotonin and oxytocin. 
So it sounds really simple. The challenge is that stress chemicals are stronger than feel-good chemicals. The effects on the body are stronger. And that's because they're designed to grab and keep our attention on the danger so that we don't get eaten by the bear while we're admiring the flowers. So the that's why it's easier to feel bad than to feel good. And it's also so it's also why we're, when we're feeling a negative emotion, it can be so difficult to think positively because the brain is uh, focusing on on the danger on keeping the eye on that bear. So learning to control your brain and body chemistry using the little um, easy little exercise, uh, two minute exercise that we teach, um, that's like uh, fitness training for your emotions, so emotional fitness training. So the more you do that, the more you learn to, uh, the more you develop that skill, and then the easier it becomes to stay in a um, an empowered state rather than that fight, freeze, flight state. Wow. Okay. So this is so insightful, the way that and you do this in the entire book. Both of you really take this where it's in layman's terms that anyone can understand and really embrace the process and have insight into what's actually going on and how we can be empowered to change it. I love that. Um, I'd like to take a quick commercial break. And on the other side of break, I was so fascinated. There's so much car talk in your book and uh, you came to the right place. Uh, we want to talk about the road trip of life and we want to talk about zero tolerance and stuff like that. Continue the conversation on um, addressing those things on the other side of break. Great. Don't go anywhere because this fantastic conversation will continue today. We're grateful to be with Odile Rimmert talking all things, their novel techniques for controlling brain and body chemistry and their new book, Change What Happened to You, How to Use Neuroscience to Get the Life You Want. And I invite you to visit them at therimmertmethod.com. Uh, you'll find so much waiting for you there. And um, I'm going to actually tell you something very special on the other side of break that you won't want to miss. By the way, you out there, I know you love our show's theme song. And for new listeners, that's Jim Beloff's Aging Gratefully. Of course, I'm biased. I'm always going to love the Aging Gratefully song in there, but they're all great. And visit him at uh, his website to uh, discover so much that's waiting for you. A special thanks to you, Awesome Aging Rebels, tuning in all over the world. Thank you so much for charting us and putting us on the Apple Podcast Charts internationally in so many special places. We so appreciate our listeners. And I just uh, value you taking your time to listen to this show. We really appreciate it. And it is you, the incredible listener, that makes this show a top show on aging globally. Thank you so much. And my truth is something I need to share. You rock and you role model. And I'm grateful for each of you. I'm your host, gerontologist Holly Kelly, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Jim Beloff, and I'm the writer of the Aging Gratefully theme song on this podcast. Uh, I'm also the author of the new memoir, uh, Utopia, Adventures in the Ukulele World, and, uh, and a whole bunch of ukulele songbooks that some of you may be familiar with, like the Daily Ukulele. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to uh, give a two thumbs up to Holly for her Aging Gratefully podcast. Uh, clearly, we share um, an appreciation for for aging uh, in style and with enthusiasm, and also in a constant state of gratitude. Um, 
And for that, uh, I thank her and thank her for uh, her continued support of, uh, of my music and what we do here at Flea Market Music. So thanks and, uh, and continue to age gratefully. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sunrises and sunsets. Final Affairs Forged with Flair, Finesse, and Functionality is a delightful book for every adult of any age and any stage. This multi-award winning book written by gerontologist Holly Kelly is a soul-soothing journey and novel approach to completing your personal affairs and advanced care planning. Readers are calling it transformative, life-changing, and fun. Prepare lovingly, plan thoughtfully, live dynamically. Available on Amazon and most bookstores. Author autographed copies are available at sunrisesandsunsetsbook.com where you can subscribe, register for a workshop, and more. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Aging Gratefully listeners. Uh, actor Chris Toomey here. You know where I go every week for uplifting messages about aging and living life to the fullest? That's right. It's right here on the Aging Gratefully Show, of course. Be sure to join the Power Hour of Enlightenment every Friday with the fabulous, the wonderful, the ever-so-awesomely-awesome gerontologist, Holly Kelly. Thank you so much, best listeners and guests in the world. Welcome back to Aging Gratefully. I'm your host, gerontologist Holly Kelly, here today with Odile Rimmert, who promotes self-empowerment in practices to rewrite your narrative so you can live your best life now. So amazing. I know you, my awesome aging rebels, are loving this conversation. Before we resume to it, I want to give our listener appreciation shout out to an Apple listener who gave us five stars and wrote, encouraging. Holly Kelly is such a compassionate person and her enthusiasm is infectious. I appreciate her and her guest dedication to encourage people to have a positive outlook and approach to how you live your life. Thank you so much for that. Uh, such a compliment. We really appreciate it. It's what we strive to do. And so very grateful uh, for the reviews that you leave us. And I invite you, if you love a show, uh, to go into the podcast venue that you listen to and let our guests know what episode you loved. I really appreciate it when you 
spotlight a particular guest of our show. So you know what else we appreciate? Today's guest. Absolutely. And uh, she's so awesome. I want you to visit her at www.therimmertmethod.com, where you can learn more about the life-enhancing work that she's doing with her husband, including how to break free from the chains of your childhood and live a happier, healthy life without the pain of reliving it. Learn about the Rimmert Method, um, the book, Change What Happened to You. And uh, also, when you go there, there's a free workbook that's compatible with this book. You definitely want to take advantage of this. And there's a free ebook as well. So to access that, it is exclusively for listeners of podcasts, and you can visit them at www.therimmertmethod.com forward slash podcast gift. So you can get the free ebook. So amazing and generous of them uh, to share their work with those that need it. And um, we really appreciate that. So I just have to say, uh, you made the book fun. So it was very uh, interesting to go through it, um, changing your brain's GPS coordinates. Um, so, you know, it was very relatable. And I feel like we can compare a lot of life to driving and road trips and our automobiles. So I had to laugh about the zero tolerance section as you compared it to, this is the thing I hate more than anything in the world. Give me snakes and give me spiders. But you said seeing one small cockroach, it was too <laughs> funny for sure. Um, and I want you to like kind of finish that scenario for listeners. But can you also talk about the detrimental effects of negative thinking? And let's talk about those cockroaches. <laughs> yes, of course. I so, hate them. <laughs> we, yeah, so we, we, um, you know, we came up with this a while ago when trying to help clients who are struggling with, um, you know, negative thoughts and the fact that they kind of, by the time they realized they were thinking negatively, they were already triggered and in those, uh, in that state. And what we, what I found for myself is using zero tolerance, which means that the smallest negative thought, I would correct it in the moment. So answer it and change my focus because the danger is not the obvious negative thoughts. The danger is the apparently harmless ones. So the odd negative thought here and there, like, oh, I don't know what to do, or oh, why do I always do that? It doesn't seem like a big thing, but it always leads to more. So I use the analogy of if you saw one small cockroach in your home, <laughs> mm -hmm. even if it was just one and just a small one, you wouldn't just leave it there because you know that if there's one, there's going to be more. It's going to bring its friends and family. So you would deal with with that. You wouldn't go, oh, it's just a little one. So and oh, right. negative thoughts are the same. So yes. if you uh, if you become aware, it's developing that awareness and that vigilance and catching it in the moment. Uh, so and for me, one of my biggest ones, my, one of my biggest, we call them gateway thoughts, was I don't know what to do. So I would say that to myself a lot throughout my day because I was living in stress and I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I started catching it's putting this. you in a place of helplessness. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And reinforcing it. And so I started by answering it or uh, uh, flipping it. So I would catch myself I say oh I don't know what to do and then I, I just change it to I do know what to do I always know what to do 
even, and this is key, even though I didn't know what to do. <laughs> so that's the key, is that even though in that moment that negative thought was true, I changed it anyway. And an analogy I want to use going back to the driving uh, example is just because you're when you're facing the wrong direction, when you're facing a direction you don't want to go. So let's say you're, you're starting to head off road. It's true that you're facing that direction, but it doesn't mean you have to continue. <laughs> so the idea is it's true you're facing that direction and now you need to turn the wheel before you are uh, facing the other direction. So the the equivalent of that is the negative thought you are thinking or saying right now may be true right now, but you need to change it in order for it for in order for that fact to change. So I don't know what to do is true, but in order to get to I do know what to do, I have to first make that decision while it's not true and go, I do know what to do. I always know. This what is to do. amazing. Yes, it's it's training uh, like we would train anything. We stop uh, the inappropriate behavior. Let's say we're training a dog or something is we stop it early and show and cue. And we do this. Uh, I, I guess we're putting a no vacancy sign to the cockroaches for the future Airbnb uh, that they want to create in our mind. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that ends up what's in your mind ends up in your life. And the yeah. challenge comes when we are looking at reality. And so the, the the conscious logical mind wants to go, but look, it is true. You know, so, for example, when I was struggling financially and I was, you know, creating um, the, the feeling inside me of I love my life, my brain at first, my conscious mind was going, but but look, I'm in debt. I don't know what to do. You know, I don't know what to do. I don't have yes. you know, to pay my bills. And that I, grasping that idea of, yes, that's true, that's where I'm facing right now. But in order to face a different direction, I have to turn the wheel. I have to turn my head and face the diff different direction before I can head there. So easy to picture this. And I'm thinking about so many challenges that people face. It's the new year. People are starting diets. I envision them saying, I can't do this. I've never, ever, you know, succeeded at a diet. Again, got to turn the car around and and remind ourselves that we're capable. I think of people receiving credit cards from Christmas debt and thinking, I'll never climb out of it. This method that you've just shared impacts every, I can't, I'm not able to, I won't, right? Absolutely. And why do I always? <laughs> yes. All of those. Yes. yes. And it starts with answering yourself. So, you know, I, I say to people, think of those negative thoughts and feelings as it's the child in you that is feeling that. Now, if you had a real child with you who was saying, oh, I can't do it. Why do I all, you know, I'm, I'm not good enough. We don't want to join in and go, yeah, it's terrible. You're, you're awful. <laughs> you wouldn't do that. Yeah, no, you raise them up. You lift them up. You'd go, no. Uh, you give them hope and encouragement. That's it. And reassure. And so when we start answering ourselves the way we would someone else, a loved one who was feeling that way, that is also, that's the first step to empowerment. Yes. So loved um, the various sections in your book, but particularly as a gerontologist, uh, this generational childhood memory transformation. 
your example, I want to be healthy and live a life of vitality. Um, I come from a long line of longevity and pursuers of happiness. Let's talk about that whole dynamic, how it may be insidiously being woven into one's life without them knowing it. Absolutely, yes. And so again, you know, there's there's a couple of levels of this. Um, on a very basic level, the brain is designed to stay in alignment with our tribe, because as humans, we're not designed to survive alone, especially in our uh, infant and childhood years. So we have an automatic instinct to please those who are raising us and to stay in alignment with them. So if you come from a family, for example, to to put it sort of fairly simplistically, if you come from a family that struggled with, um, with financially or with health, your no matter what your conscious mind is trying to do now to make changes to that, your brain is referring to the fact that you'll be um, you won't be in alignment with your tribe, which means they may reject you, which means you'll die. And of course, not in so many words, <laughs> not in any mm-hmm. words. At all. Yes. It's instinct. So there's that. And then secondly, the the stories we're told, the uh, the, the experiences we witness at, from from babyhood onwards form again, form our identity, form who we are and how the world works. And so we are unconsciously constantly referring to that and staying in alignment with that. So changing that to where if we if you come from a um, so I came from a very argumentative family, there was always a lot of arguments, a lot of drama. And uh, so my life was like that, Uh, you know, despite all my efforts, the relationships I would get into were always full of arguments and conflict. And changing that so that now, as I think of my childhood, my implicit memories are full of peace and love and connection and affection and fun and all that kind of wonderful wonderfulness there. Now, I experienced no conflict, no argument. Steve and I have never had an argument because I changed all that before we met. So mm-hmm. it, it now and it's effortless because now that GPS is set for peace and love and you know, compassion, kindness, and fun. So awesome. And I think that this is so important uh, that people be aware of. And it's almost like our mind is our greatest adversary because of the battleground that is continually taking place. And if we can literally shore that up and learn the skill set to towards transformation, this is the key to happiness. Absolutely. And the, the the other interesting thing is that happiness is a chemical state. And it it literally is just a chemical state that's yes. And the yeah. sensations that we feel when we feel happiness and, and any other emotion are the effects on the body, on the organs of those chemicals. So we can create that state regardless of circumstances and other people. And that, of course, is the um, is the ultimate empowerment. And then what happens is you create that state inside you first and then other things follow. So changing those childhood memories to create that state in your childhood combined with, of course, developing the ability to to create that state in your body now, and and that happens as you think of your childhood as well, then keeps you in alignment moving forward. Yes. I so appreciated that you brought, I'm a big advocate of this in so many forms, um, in this case, letter writing. 
uh, do justice technique, apology letters and such. Um, but I know that writing is so therapeutic and that people don't have to be a gifted writer, uh, these types of activities to work. But can you talk about the weaving in of letter writing into the process uh, towards a better life? Yes, of course. So one of the uh, one of the reasons all of this works is because the unconscious part of the brain can't tell the difference between reality and imagination and it can't use logical reason and it can't judge something as unrealistic. So that means when we are writing about something, as we are writing about something, as you know, in the same way when we're thinking about it, the brain and body are producing the same chemical state as if we were actually speaking to that person. Okay. And this is heightened when we are in an extremely intense in, uh, emotional state. So the purpose of the due justice letter is to give that child who never was, you know, uh, wasn't heard, wasn't acknowledged, um, perhaps was, you know, was was betrayed in some way, hurt in some way, to give that, to finally give that child closure by being able to express whatever that was to that person with no filters. And as you do that, the unconscious part of the brain believes that you're, that person is actually receiving that information, that, you know, th those, those words and that, um, those expressions. And so then yeah, it's, it's incredible. Right. And then it allows the brain to drop the guard. So it's not trying to hold on to that pain from the past because it becomes safe to change. So important. And it's kind of like uh, echoing your voice from a mountaintop and uh, you've been able to move through it. And, um, you know, I just really appreciated that that was part of the a process towards healing and transformation. So from PTSD to trauma and even the state of emotionless, this can be helpful for a variety of uh, situations that listeners may be experiencing. Absolutely. Yes. And, uh, you know, for, for example, PTSD, um, as an if you experience PTSD as an adult, it's it's still based on childhood references. So not everyone who experiences the same event will develop PTSD. And what makes the difference is each person's brain is referring to different references um, that, that determine what this event means for that person and then producing that state. So again, changing those childhood memories and learning to control the brain chemistry um, changes heals that uh, the, heals the the effects of the trauma and um, changes the what the brain is referring to. Yes, and so these processes aren't really considered denial, but more a coping strategy to be able to live fully forward. Would you agree with that? Because a lot of people might be like, but. These things are what made me who I am. And then I immediately think that you continue to share that a lot of what we remember has already been edited. And, you know, you talked about writing the book and almost writing the book is the easy part. It's the editing, right? The editing can take longer than writing the book. The multiple uh, times of editing, it could be endless. And one day you just have to say, OK, the book has to be done because I could edit forever. 
right? <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yes. And and as far as, you know, so that's a question we get asked a lot, you know, isn't that denial or gaslighting yourself? And the the, the thing that makes the difference here is that is the difference between the conscious and unconscious. So we are changing the information in the unconscious part of the brain while the conscious mind will still remember what actually happened. So it's the equivalent of, you know, again, going back to the driving thing, changing the GPS. So if you're in Chicago and you wanna to drive to LA and you, so you change your GPS from Chicago to LA, you are still in Chicago. So, but the GPS is not lying. It's just, it's being set for LA because that's where you're going next. And in the same way you, yes, those things happened in your childhood and now you're going to change them to match what you, the destination you want to get to instead of holding you in that place. Because just because that's what happened doesn't mean you have to stay there. It is, it is a choice, it becomes a choice and it's okay to stay there as well, of course, but at least you have the choice. And the, it's true that that all everything that's ever happened to you, your experiences and everything that's ever happened to to you did make you who you are today. That's absolutely true. And then the question is, is that who you want to be? And so, yes, it made you who you are. And now if you're happy with who you are, fantastic, then you don't change anything. But if you don't have the life you want, then you change just the bits that you want to so that they match what you want to experience in your life now. Yes, I uh, love the car talk. It definitely helps um, bring all of this to light. So before we end the uh, time together today, I'm wondering if there's anything that we haven't covered that you feel is so vital for listeners to receive. I think the, the main thing is remembering that while you don't have a choice of what happens to you, you know, it happens around you and very often what happens to you, you do always have a choice of where you're putting your focus in the moment, even though it may be, may be difficult. So at the very least, and we do this little exercise in the book, but I wanted to share this now as well. In any moment, you can just take a deep breath, close your eyes and imagine being surrounded by your favorite color and just really focus on that color, how beautiful it is and what you love about it. And if your mind wanders, just bring it gently back to that color and you'll see to everything else later. But right now, just on that color and then imagine yourself as a child in front of you and imagine giving that little you a hug and tell them how much you love them. And by doing that, it takes just a few seconds, but you can already start to change your brain chemistry just by doing that little exercise. And it takes just 60 to 90 seconds to change your brain chemistry from stress chemicals to feel good chemicals. As long as you keep your focus on that little exercise for just that minute and a half. Wow, it's very emotionally compelling uh, to work through that. And um, that's that's really uh, a neat exercise. So I invite listeners to do that. That's really great. So uh, it's been a wonderful uh, hour together. And I want to remind listeners listeners that they can receive the free ebook and the workbook that complements the book by visiting www.therimmertmethod.com forward slash podcast gift. You so want to do that. And we can't have the hour end without knowing how you age gratefully. Thank you so much. I've so enjoyed uh -huh. the conversation as well. Well, uh, <laughs> thank you. 
was something that I was uh, preoccupied with when I was younger. <laughs> it was that uh, because I used to be a, an actress. And so, you know, this thing of you don't want to get older. But as I have changed my childhood so that now in my childhood, there, there is an abundance of unconditional love from my parents and my grandparents for me then that's how we end up with unconditional love for, for ourselves. We we get it from our parents in our childhood and then bring it forward to um, into our adulthood. And so now I've already got that, um, that joy, that unconditional love for myself and everything and everyone, which means aging is not really a thing. What I am enjoying is the lack of pressure as I age because, you know, the things that are expected of you when you're younger. Yes. So, so appreciating being much more free now and just enjoying life without that pressure that I used to have when I was younger. So we really appreciate everything uh, that you're sharing with the world, the great work that you and your husband are doing, and uh, grateful for this book that uh, you wrote, Change What Happened to You, How to Use Neuroscience to Get the Life You Want by Changing Your Negative Childhood uh, Memories. I definitely um, love it, and I love the picture on the front, too. That's really um, special. (laughs) So thank you, and we wish you the very best moving forward in the great work you're doing. Thank you so much, Holly, and thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. You've been listening to Aging Gratefully, and I'm your host, gerontologist Holly Kelly. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you've enjoyed our message, I invite you to subscribe and share it with others. May you remember to never act your age and that age is just a number. And may you enjoy and embrace the coming week in the spirit of gratitude. Until we meet again, here's to living your best life now. I used to think time was my enemy My future wasn't looking good So worried about the things I couldn't see I couldn't see the things I could I was aging fearfully Worrying my life away When all along I should have been Thankful for every day finally made a friend of time now you could say that i'm aging gratefully with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 